Hey guys, welcome to a segment of the Grind Never Stops podcast. This is your host, DJ Joe. I am finally back, and I appreciate Steve covering for me in the last little while. But season is coming soon for the National Hockey League, the NBA, and we'll have a separate episode for the NHL. As in today's segment, we will preview uh, the NBA season. Only important teams, because we don't want to talk about garbage teams. And you, these teams already know who they are. But uh, this is your host, DJ Joe. And before I begin, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check our podcast on Spotify and all your music podcast platforms you can also send a donation the link will be in the description so now the first team we're gonna start talking is the toronto raptors so as you guys all know the raptors faced my 76ers in last year's playoffs which they lost in game six and the Sixers were playing soft after taking a 3-0 series lead, but ever since then, the Sixers were struggling. Not not only because of that, it's because the Raptors played better. But we don't want to talk about what happened last season. Let's talk about what's going to happen this season. So I think Scotty Barnes is going to be the most improved player for the Raptors because Barnes is underrated. He's one of the one of the best young rebounder defensive guys and he can also play one to five. And he was underrated uh, because he got drafted uh, so high and everyone were shitting on Scotty B but I never shot on Scotty B. I always knew he he wasn't capping. He was the real thing. And I think Scotty Barnes is going to probably be second option. But we need to see on how the Raptors will deal with everything. Because as you know, we still had a history of injuries. And that includes last season, Fred Van Fleet, who missed most of the matchup last see last April so I think Scotty Barnes is gonna try to play PG uh, because they don't want Freddie Van Fleet to play big minutes but I think Scotty Barnes is the real thing and he's gonna be he's gonna make a great great impact on Toronto and we're not forgetting about Pascal Siakam one of the franchise boys, one of the franchise guy, and I still think he's one of the top 20 players in this league. And again, he's again underrated, and this is why I don't understand from these clowns and bums on television, where Pascal Siakam literally averaged 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 dimes, and they still had Chris Middleton, who's only averaging 19 points, 3 boards, 2 assists. And he, they still had it on top of Pascal. And I'm just not talking about the All-Star game. 
talking about the preseason rankings, they had Chris Middleton on top of Pascal Siaka. And that's uh, that's disrespectful, but everyone always disrespects Toronto. And not just in the NBA. We'll talk about the Leafs too, the Dallas Cowboys as well. All these teams, they get shit on for no damn reason. But I think Pascal Siakam is going to take Toronto to the next level. And again, it's not about Scotty B, Spicy P, Freddie Van Fleet. You still got Gary Trent Jr., a good defensive guard who needs to play better because last playoffs, the guy was shitting bricks, was building apartment buildings with his bricks in the first round. So Gary Trent Jr. is going to need to continue what he was doing in a regular season. Remember, he had 12 games in a row where he scored 30. Gary Trent Jr. is going to have to Keep that consistency so when the playoffs start, he can hit those shots. Because if Gary Trent Jr. hit these shots, we wouldn't be talking about a first-round exit. And again, according to those clowns on TV, the Toronto Raptors were not supposed to be in that position. And they did, and they played well. They lost in six. But the Raptors have a bunch of new players. I really like that signing of Josh Jackson. He's not your next Steph Curry, but he can play defense and he can shoot the ball. Also the rookie we drafted, Christian Coloco, another seven footer, but he's like your your true big man. Yeah, he can pull up, but he's not that good from mid-range or three. Finally, we can have a 7-footer because as of right now, Freddie, point guard, shooting guard, Gary Trent, small forward, Scotty B, and then OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam is a center for the Raptors. And I think they should change how things go and maybe split between. Uh, because I rather have Scotty B playing center because he can play center. He can grab rebounds and all these positions does not mean anything. These positions were made for the anal- analytics people to choose. Okay, this guy's in the starting lineup. Just because Scotty B is not 7 foot does not mean he can't play center. Just because Fred Van Fleet is a point guard does not mean he has to average 30 assists a game. So I think the Raptors need to choose and pick which lineup starts, which lineup ends. Because as the basketball basketball god always says, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But again, if you start bad and you go on a big lead, then... Your night will finish early. So it is how you start. And it is how you finish. But I think the Raptors are going to do well this season. Um, Also, Raptors need to have better shot selection in clutch. Because you know in game 6, they couldn't make a shot. But they had a lot of injuries. They couldn't make shots. 
Like, it was like a first time going in. You got no true superstar. Pascal came off his shoulder surgery. You got Scotty B first year. You got Fred Van Fleet and Miss Moore the first round. You got OG and Anobi who missed some games. And you also got Scotty Barnes who also missed key games. So the Toronto Raptors are a great team. And for any bum or clown or anybody that don't know ball who says the Toronto Raptors are shit, then you need to get drug tested. Because they're not shit. They're better than your squad because Raptors came out of nowhere to draft Scotty Barnes. To get all these guys. To get Pascal Siakam played the way he played after having off-season shoulder surgery. And Fred Van Fleet needs to have a great season too. Because he was injured in the most key time. Played the whole season, but when playoffs started, he started getting injured. So the Raptors are not a bad team. But let's move on. Now let's talk about that Los Angeles Lakers. Oh man, it's like, I feel like it's a waste of time talking about the Lakers, but they have the best player in the world, the best player of all time. And in his 20th season, he will play, and his name is LeBron Raymond James. And like I said to everybody, to all my friends, like I said, does not matter who you put in the starting lineup. Does not matter who you sign, who you trade, who you hire, who you fire. Does not mean anything. You have LeBron James on your team. So if you want to trade Russell Westbrook, if you want to get 20-point guards like they did, Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, and all these fucking clowns, does not matter. LeBron James is on the team. So you can trade all, I don't care if you trade AD for a bunch of chips. LeBron James is going to take over the team. LeBron James at age 37 in his 19th season last season averaged 30 point per game. When's the last time a guy in his 37 years old in his 19th season an average 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Like I said, does not matter who you sign, who you hire, who you trade, who you fire, who you put on the waiver wire. Who you, does not matter. LeBron James is on the team, still on the team, and he's going to take this team to the next level. Because I don't want to hear that Anthony Davis is finally going to play the guy is injury prone he's a flop he's capping stealing money the guy does the guy is like the tony romo of basketball the guy is so bad like he's a liability i feel and did he play last night in a preseason game against the suns no he did not he had a rumored back injury <laughs> and all the Laker fans and even me I was like bruh just trade that clown trade him 
because I feel it's like a waste of a roster spot. And I, I really think that the Lakers could have a great uh, deal back if they trade Anthony Davis. Because I have no idea what they're going to do with Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and all these bums. But Westbrook is not a bum. I feel Russell Westbrook is going to have a big season. And does that mean that I say this if he stays in the Lakers? I think no matter where he is, Russell Westbrook is not hasn't reached that time. Hasn't reached that time where he's bad, he's trash. He did hit some big shots for the Lakers last season. But the problem is you can't put volume shooters on a team when the players around you they need to have the ball in their hands same you can't same thing when Carmel Anthony went to Oklahoma City you had Russell Westbrook ball handler ball hog you got Paul George ball handler ball hog and then you put Carmelo that and that's why that team did not coexist you guys remember when I had that horrible uh, playoff against the Utah Jazz, is because you can't put a bunch of ball hogs, bunch of ball handlers, bunch of players that need to have the ball in their hands on one team. Plus, you got Westbrook, AD, LeBron, Carm. Like it was a bunch of, it was like horrible. So when you want to build a team. And you have these guys. And we're going to talk about Utah Jazz in a moment. But you can't have all these guys and always blame the best player. Because last season, the laughing stock was not Anthony Davis. Was not Dwight Coward. Yes, it was Westbrook here and there. But the person that had so much hate was number one in the laughing stock was LeBron James and all these clowns they just want to blame the king it wasn't the king's fault that the Lakers played so horrible yes he had some dumb-headed plays dumb-headed games but it's not because that it all starts from up top and all these idiots on TV always want to blame the players but Yes, the players actually play the game, but you need to have a smart GM putting a roster where they will coexist. You can't have five ball hogs in the starting lineup. Like, that was so trash. And I think, for me, if I was the GM for the Lakers, LeBron is untouchable. That's no question about it. But I think you should get rid of Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, these two players you have to get rid of. And I don't understand why the Lakers, now they have Westbrook, Nunn, and Dennis Schroeder, and Patrick Beverly. Like, what are you guys doing? And Beverly, even though he's not a great offensive player, but defensively, the man's a dog. He's an alpha, he's a dog. Patrick Beverly on D. And maybe that's what the Lakers need because 
their d- defensive stance, their defensive ways that they had this past season was so bad that even their own fans were booing them. So I think they need to keep Patrick Beverly, but I think they need to get rid of Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. And maybe down the road, AD will not be moved, but I still think they should they should at least listen to offers for Anthony Davis. But if you trade AD, I think that if you don't want to trade both, I think you should at least keep one. But I think AD should be gone because just injury after injury after injury after injury, missing games, games, games. It's like it's a waste of a roster spot. And I still think if they keep LeBron Westbrook, I think Westbrook will have more space to do his thing better than AD. Because AD last season, when he played, I don't know if you guys watch it, but he was just standing in a post, no screening, no, like, there's nothing, there's no game right now. He's injured all the time, sits at the three-point line, and doesn't do shit. So I think, I know it must be stupid to say that they should trade AD, but look what he has done since he won that title in the bubble. What has this man done? And this is no disrespect to Anthony Davis. I like him, but it's this is time for winning. It's not time to waste years for LeBron James. And yes, I don't want that to happen because number one, Kobe, last season, those were the waste. With the Clarksons and the Nans and the D'Lo and the Randalls and all these fucking bums that Kobe had in his last two, three years, that was a waste. And I don't want that to happen to LeBron James. So it's just the GM needs to needs to have better, needs to be more fucking smart. That's what I feel. But I still think that as every year, the Lakers will do well only because they have the man himself, the legend, LeBron James. And for the coach, like I said, if you want to hire Darvin Ham, whatever that guy's name is, does not matter who you hire, as I mentioned to you, doesn't matter who you fire. You fire Frank Vogel, you hire this, you hire that. I don't care if you hire Michael Jordan as head coach. It does not matter because LeBron runs that team. He runs the show. This is what true Hall of Fame go superstar is. Doesn't matter who you hire. That's not going to change the way LeBron James plays the game. But anyways, let's stop talking about this mini sixers. I want to talk to you guys about the Utah Jazz. So everyone was like, what happened with the Utah Jazz? What happened? I thought they were invested in Spider Mitchell. I thought they were invested in the Frenchman Rudy Gobert. But people think it's about them not coexisting. Them having that drama ever since that COVID thing started. No, it's not just about that, boys. It's 
about up top. It's about the head coach. It's about their team. Like, Mike Conley was not that good of... I felt that they could have kept Ricky Rubio instead of going for Mike Conley. Because when remember, when Rubio was running the point in Utah, they beat OKC that had Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Melo. And they almost beat the Rockets. Yeah, they lost in five, but it was that close. Even though Rockets won, it was that close. But ever since they got Conley, they haven't done nothing. So that's number one. You should have kept Rubio, who's a past first point guard, and Conley is not. And that didn't give the game that Spider Mitchell is, was let him do his thing, ISO, screening with Gobert, getting Bogdan Bogdanovich open. Like, all that was working. Ever since Conley went, they struggled. They won 60 games, but what happened in the playoffs? They couldn't get things done. So, this is not just about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. It's about the whole squad. And would if you ask me right now, did the Utah Jaws get better or worse? Of course they got worse. They had one of the best top 10 shooting guards in the league. In this league, they also got the most underrated draft picks in this decade. They also got a guard who can dunk, who can rebound, who can play D, who can shoot the three. And they had one of the best, one of the best defensive big men in the league. And we haven't seen this kind of level in a long time in Rudy Gobert. And obviously, when you trade these two guys and you get Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, and all these boys, and you trade away Bogdanovich for a bunch of, for Kelly Olenek, are you serious? For these guys, what you get in return and those draft picks, of course, the Utah Jazz got worse. And this is no disrespect to Sexton. He had a great season in Cleveland, and he was always underrated. That's why he, his name is the Bull, the Young Bull. And I think Sexton is going to do better in Utah. But if you ask me, did the Utah Jazz got worse or better? Of course, they got worse. That's no question about it. And I don't want to talk, predict the Jazz, because you know they're going to fall down the standing. They have a bunch of nobody on their team now. They also got rid of Royce O'Neal. So they got rid of all the guys, and now they're a young team, which they, they're going to do bad as predicted. But since we talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, now we'll talk about the Cavs. And... You want to ask me again, did the Cleveland Cavaliers got better or worse? They got better, obviously. They already, they already had a good team, Cleveland. And too bad they lost to the Brooklyn Nets. But the Cleveland Cavaliers are a playoff team for sure. I think they're the top five in the East. Because Cleveland Cavaliers already had a good team. They got... Jerry Allen, 
They got Evan Mobley, who's going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season. They also got Kevin Love. You know who Kevin Love is. Three-point bomb can rebound. And you got up-and-coming Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Karis Levert, and Donovan, Donovan Spider Mitchell. And when you have a great team and you add close to a superstar in Donovan Mitchell, you will obviously get better. Because they didn't give up that much. Colin Sexton did not, before the trade, Sexton did not sign a contract with the Cavs. They didn't, um, they didn't connect on the negotiations. And you got Laura Markin, who was, uh, he was, I averaged 11 points at rebounds. But sec, we both know that the Cavs did not want Sexton. So they used that as their advantage. Sexton, marketing, drafting, and boom, you get Donovan Mitchell. So the Cleveland Cavaliers got way better. And teams should be scared of Cleveland. Because Cleveland was already a great team. They had some big wins. But now they got a clutch shooter in spite of Mitchell. A great player in this guy. So I think the Cavs will get Let's move on, and now let's talk about my 76ers. As you guys all know, the Sixers lost in round two against the Miami Heat. And we'll talk about the Miami Heat later on, but for now, it's my squad, the Philadelphia 76ers. And you guys know the question, the obvious question is not, what Tyrese Maxey will do, or if Tobias Harris, no, it's out about two guys, Joel Embiid, one of the best center in the game, actually the best center, close to Jokic, and James Harden, and the question is not if Embiid's going to get better, because you know how Embiid played last season, averaged 30 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks a game. And he was the second nominee in MVP. And I felt that he should have won. So, I, so Joel Embiid is going to be Joel Embiid. We both know that. But the question here is James Hart. Because this man is the second. It's You know the game Connect 4? But this is Connect 2. And you'll be eyed. <clears throat> so I think James Hart needs to step out of his, I don't know what you call that, but Harden is in a bubble that it's not letting him do what he normally does. Maybe it was injuries, maybe it was out of shape. But now this offseason, he was grinding. Grind never stops. He was working. So I hope James Harden can have a big season for Philly. Because if James Harden connects, everybody will connect. Because once James Harden goes back to, yeah, he might not go and play the Houston James Harden, but you never know. Because if he returns close to that, 
There's no need to ask if he's going to do better or he's going to do better. Because everyone's going to keep an eye on James Harden. On defensively, you're just going to connect on Harden, which will leave more space for all the other guys. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. But there's one player that I do not like. One part of him is his offense, and that's Matthias Thibault. That guy's a maestro on defense, but that's all the guy can do. He bricked airball threes in, against Toronto. He bricked free throws, and all this guy can do is play D. And I think Matthias Tyrell, I think the Sixers should at least listen to offers for this guy. And another player that I also like this signing, I felt they paid so much for this guy, but I still think... P.J. Tucker is going to be another key piece for Philly. He's going to hit those corner threes like he always does. He can play D. So now they have that package. They have that team to get to that diamond in the rough NBA Finals. So, But now everyone has to step up. You can't have Embiid scoring 30 points a night. You got Harris... Averaging 15 and 10. You got Maxi doing his magician moves. You need James Harden. You need everybody to play a complete game. So we need to see. Once the season going, we'll see how it is. How are they going to coexist? Because James Harden and P.J. Tucker have a history playing together and going not to the promised land, but going to conference finals, playing big games against the Warriors in the playoffs. So maybe they will use that experience to play how they used to play. But I still think the Sixers are one of the best teams in the NBA. But that that answer has to complete what they were paid to do, what they were brought to do, and why their household names. So I think James Harden needs to step out of his funk. I don't know which funk he's at. Maybe it's at the strip club, out of shape, eating fries. I don't even know. But he needs to step out of that funk and play the way he's supposed to be played. Because I don't have any questions or critic, critic criticism on Joel Embiid. Because you know, trust the process. And the guy went from being injured all the time to being a true big man. And the thing is that he can also be just post guy, but he can also step outside for a three. Which is one of the best in the league. Next, Nikola Jokic. But I think the Sixers are going to play really well this season. Next, next, we got the Golden State Warriors, and we're not huge fans of the Warriors, but when they just recently won the title, you definitely will hear about them with the Grind Never Stops podcast, but guys, as you guys all know, the Golden State Warriors won the NBA title in six games against the Boston Celtics. But for the 
Golden State Warriors, the sky was the limit because they underestimate the Golden State Warriors ever since last season. And don't worry, we will talk about Draymond Green knockout against guard Jordan Poole. But we'll talk about that in just a second. But the Golden State Warriors have been underestimated every single season. And it goes ever since KD joined the Warriors. And even before Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors were greatly underappreciated ever since they blew that 3-1 lead. Even before 2016, they were always underestimated. And when Kevin Durant left, everyone thought Warriors are a bunch of clowns and bums and trash players. But you guys, like, I don't know how people can go on TV and say that the Golden State Warriors are not the team that they used to be. They still got one of the best shooters in all of all time. They also got one of the best two-way shooting maestro in the game. They also get have one of the best role players of all time. They also got the best defensive heart nose guy in of all time probably in this decade as well they got all these boys and you guys and i don't know how people on tv they have the the audacity have the effort to talk so much crap and shit about golden state and when they won the title and then they start saying oh curry's the best all clay all this you this is this is why i don't watch those idiots those bums on tv because they always say one thing and then and a couple months later they say a different thing like you guys have to if you want to hate on golden state you hate on golden state but don't be joining the bandwagon just because they won the title and this has began since clay thompson went down in the nba finals game six against the Raptors, where he torn his ACL. Ever since that moment, we all know that the Golden State Warriors will be underappreciated because they did struggle the first year without Clay. They played better without Clay the second season. And you know, if you did not want a title when Clay was down, the Golden State Warriors are coming. And this time, you guys have to appreciate what they've been giving every single night. But let's begin with this preview for the Warriors. As you guys all know, Steph Curry is going to be Steph Furtless. He's going to do it all. So I think Steph Curry is going to do his thing. Clay will have a better start. And we'll have a better season. Even though he did have a great season. But there was questions about Clay's shot selection. 
the way he played defense, the way just the way he handles the ball, it wasn't that good. So I think Clay will have a better season than he had last season. Steph, as I told you, he's gonna do his thing. Steph is an MVP candidate, no question about it. And the third person, and the fourth, it's two guys, and they just fought in practice. Is Jordan Poole and Draymond Green? And before I talk about that fight, so Jordan Poole is a key piece for the Warriors. He averaged. 19 points per game and he was a maestro even when clay was down jordan Poole was playing the games of his life and even when clay returned jordan Poole was nuts and jordan Poole is a key piece of last year championship title run so jordan Poole is a great player he can shoot he can rebound, he can play defense. Jordan Poole is a key piece and the Warriors have their Scotty Barnes diamond of the rough. So I think Jordan Poole is a key piece and will be a key piece for the Golden State Warriors. And this is the good thing about this because Steph and Clay can sit down, can take a break because Jordan Poole has similar game to these guys. He, he does not have the defensive maestro as Clay Thompson's born with, but he can shoot the three. He can go off. He can pass the ball. He can also rebound. So Jordan Poole is going to do his thing, and people need their scouting report is not Steph Clay. Now it's going to be Steph Clay and Jordan Poole next. The heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. And his name is Draymond Green. Without Draymond Green, there's no Steph Clay. Without Draymond Green, there's no titles. There's no 2015. There's no KD. There's no, all, Draymond Green is the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. Yes, he's not... A scorer was never was. He only scores if he needs to. And and Draymond Green might be, for you clowns, a liability on the offensive end. But the thing is, he's the second primary handler for the Warriors. The man averaged seven assists as a big man. Because he he's the second player on that team next to Steph Curry. That handles the ball. That runs the offense. And yes, this season, there were questions about him. Not playing well. Shooting the ball horribly. Making bad decisions. But Draymond Green is not Draymond for his offense. Draymond Green is only for setting screens. Moving the ball. But the number one thing Draymond Green is. And that's his defense. He saw his defense, how great he played on the defensive end in the whole playoffs run. And yes, he had some horrible games uh, against the Warriors, especially in Game 5. But Draymond Green is the heart and soul, and nobody should question 
Draymond Green's integrity. No one should question Draymond Green about anything. Draymond Green already has his resume. And if you have something to say about Draymond Green, I'm going to just come over there and slap you on your face. Because Draymond Green, yes, he's a clown sometimes, but the guy plays the way he's supposed to play. And that's defense. And I don't want to hear that he can't play offense, that he should be benched. Yes, I agree. He should be benched on the offensive end if you need a bucket. But Draymond Green is averaging 7 assists per game. Not only that, as Jordan Poole said, he's a triple single. <laughs> but he's not a triple single. The man averaged 8 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 1.3 blocks last season. And he is the heart and soul. And if the Golden State Warriors are that dumb to get rid of of Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors are going to have a long season. Because if you get rid of Draymond Green, there will be no offense as the way it is now. And don't get me wrong, Steph can make an old shot, Clay as well, but it's not always they're going to make that shot. Because Draymond's there with the screens. With the moving the ball, with the pass, the fake passes that he does. But overall, his defense. Because on the Golden State Warriors, nobody can guard the way Draymond guards the opposing big man or the opposing score. So, and I know what happened. Now, let's, no, actually, yes, let's talk about the fight. One thing I want to put in before I go further. You will not question Draymond Green. And Jordan Poole does not have the right, the way, apparently the rumored, he called him a triple single. But Jordan Poole has to realize he's been in this league, what, three years? And for him to say those kind of things... In practice, and you know Draymond Green is not soft. If you say something to Draymond Green, he will be in your face. So in the end, Jordan Poole called for it. He asked for it, and he got the beating. He got punched in the face. That's what I mean. doesn't mean you win the title, and you're, you're basically a rookie in this league, and say something like that, especially... If you say that to Draymond Green or the the Marcus Cousins or Russell Westbrook, you will get beaten. And this is what we need in this league. We don't need soft players, uh, friendly rivals. Nah, we don't need that shit. We need hard-nosed. If you want to say something, you better expect to keep your head up. Because no one is going to take anything lightly. Even though it's a joke. When you play in, in the NBA, nothing's a joke. You got to play your all. You got to play your best. Or else you will get blown out. Or you get punched in the face. And good thing Draymond Green has, make, has made a statement here. 
Because nobody is going to take criticism from their own teammates just like that. And that's why I said Jordan Poole asked for it. And he should know better because everyone knows Green. Everyone knows Draymond Green. He will be in your face. If you say something to him, you better expect to back it up. Because he will be there on your face. And Jordan Poole saw that. He got punched right in the face. Now let's go to Jordan Poole. So I felt, like everyone feels, Draymond Green overreacted. But Draymond Green should have never punched Jordan Poole. But you guys all know Draymond Green is Draymond Green. He will never change. So maybe Draymond Green should have just pushed him and move on as the veteran showing example. But at the same time, Draymond Green needs to show the world, needs to show the NBA basketball gods that this league cannot keep being soft, keep being friendly, friends. No, this is hard-nosed NBA league. If you say something bad, and I don't know why Jordan Poole called him the triple single, because I can find you a lot of games where Jordan Poole had triple single in points. So we need uh, to we need to relax on that stuff. If you have something to say, say it when you're outside, but not when you're practicing. Things are not going well. You're not making shots in practice. That was just boiled over. Over something. But I still think both parties. Should have said. And should have done what they done. But do you know. There's three guys that you should not mess with. Russell Westbrook. Boogie Cousins. And Draymond Green. These guys are not. And I forgot. Nikola. Jokic, you mess with these hard-nosed guys, they will be there right in your face. So I think Jordan Poole needs to be careful about that because if you're asking me today, should the Golden State Warriors keep Jordan Poole or Draymond Green? So Jordan Poole can score, can rebound here and there, can pass the ball, but is he, if you take off Jordan Poole, are the Golden State Warriors still contenders? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. If you take, if you send and ship Draymond Green out of Golden State, are the Golden State Warriors title contenders not as much percentage as if Jordan Poole left? So I think the Golden State Warriors need to keep both because both players are a key, key piece for the Golden State Warriors. And things like that happen all the time. But you should know, Jordan Poole, to not mess with Draymond Green because nobody messes with Draymond Green. And you know, when someone does, you have seen it in games, the nut-kicking the technical fouls, the ejections, that it's best to not be on Draymond's bad side. 
But let's move on from that. So I think the Golden State Warriors are still contending champs. And I still feel they could go back to the finals. Because right now, all teams are stacked. And I don't want to spend too much time on talking about other teams that are not that relevant. But let me pull up here uh, the other teams that made some minor changes. So let's go to the West. As you know, Portland got Jeremy Grant, which was a key piece for the Pistons. And that's... That sucks because the Pistons couldn't get anything done with him. So hopefully the Portland Trailblazers could have him play big minutes and be a scoring option. And Damian Lillard is back. And I wish the Blazers kept CJ McCollum because he was a key piece for Portland. And so what it was a key piece for, Dame Dow. So we need to see on how he's going to do after missing almost all of season. Uh, Denver Nuggets are getting Jamal Murray back. They're getting Michael Porter Jr. back from injury. And yes, they shipped Monty Morris, who was a role player for the Nuggets. And they also shipped Will Barton. But the Denver Nuggets always find a way to get it done because they do have back-to-back MVP in Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray is also another great player so is Michael Porter Jr. we just need these two guys to come back to catch up and to be healthy and as you know we talked about the Jazz and the Suns is another team we did not talk about so the Phoenix Suns (coughs) lost in round two against the Dallas Mavericks. The reason why is they became too cocky. And that was so horrible to watch when they were down as much as 50 points against the Mavericks in Game 7 at home. And the Suns are not going to be as good as they were last year because Jay Crowder is out. The owner is out with that drama in the offseason. Jay Crowder wants to be traded. You got DeAndre In, who supposedly is not happy in Phoenix. So we need to see what's going to happen. Chris Paul is getting old. But I still think CP3 is CP3. And you know what D-Bucks can do. So we need to see how the Suns will do. And for the Mavericks, they made some minor changes. They uh, added Christian Wood. And that was a not a bad trade. They got them from Houston. And they trade Boba and a bunch of bums to get Christian Wood. Which is a great player for Luka Doncic. Because when they had Porzingis, Porzingis was always complaining. And was actually jealous of Luka. But I don't think... I don't think Wood is better than Kristaps. But we need to see how Wood does because Wood can shoot the three as well and you know the Memphis Grizzlies did not improve much yet they got Danny Green who's a great 3 and D but he's way past his prime so we need to see how Jaw and Jackson and for the Grizzlies the one thing that I ask them to learn from 
is being cocky, doing that gritty, doing dancing, and then they lost to the Warriors. So that's why being cocky will hurt you at the end of the day. So the Grizzlies need to stop doing that. The Pelicans, finally, we got a healthy Zion. We got a great player in CJ and Jonas Valanciunas. Ben Ingram is improving. And he might win the most improved player, Ben Ingram. So you need to keep an eye on Ben Ingram. The Timberwolves, as I mentioned, uh, they got Rudy Gobert. And we need to see how that's going to work. Because I don't mind seeing Twin Towers, Cat uh, and Gobert up front. We need to see how is that going to work. Maybe have Gobert running screens and Cat just standing behind the three-point line. Or both of them playing the paint. So we need to see how that works out. And one more team that's, that's relevant that I want to just see the changes they made is the LA Clippers. So the LA Clippers then missed the playoffs last season as they lost in the playing game. Uh, Paul George was playing in that playing game, but he was injured. Kawhi did not play the whole season. And then Reggie Jackson was good here and there. Surge, they shipped out Surge, so that's going to be a tough loss. Well, they shipped him last season, the trade deadline. I would expect them to re-sign him back, but he's happy in Milwaukee. But the Clippers also got John Wall, who was going through tough times, especially in the last year, especially in the last couple seasons with injuries. He hasn't played in a long time, so we're happy for John Wall, the guy with the dance moves, to really be a key piece for the Clips, because I think the Clippers are missing that aggressive PG, because Reggie Jackson is, I honestly don't know what kind of point guard Reggie Jackson is, but John Wall is a pass for his point guard, and he can also go to the rim, shoot the three. So we need to see how him, Kawhi, and PG is going to coexist. So we need to see about that. In Eastern Conference, there's not much to talk about. As you, know, as you guys know, the Bulls uh, received tough news on Lonzo Ball. Uh, he might not even play this season. So we, we're going to see how the Bulls will do. Because he is that missing piece for the Bulls to actually do noise. Because you know Damar's Damar, Levine's Levine, Vooch. But I think Vucevic did not have a great season last season. So we need to see if Nikolai Vucevic will play better this season. You got the Bucks, who uh, they still have the same exact players. But... Chris Middleton missed uh, the rest of the Chicago Bulls series, even though they won, and he he barely he did not even play in against the Celtics. So I think the Bucks could go all the way to the finals as well. They just need to stay healthy and play much better because defensively, last year's matchup against the Celtics, they were sagging off too much. 
on Robert Williams the third and on a couple of Celtics players which they had a record setting three point performance so that in game seven so that that needs to change they need to stop sagging off because they underestimated that the Celtics bigs can shoot the three so I think Celt the Bucks need to play better defensively and now the Celtics they got Malcolm Brogdon uh, which is a key piece they also signed underappreciated Blake Griffin and Griffin is not the player that he used to be but as I mentioned to you before Blake Griffin was missed use in Brooklyn was always a DNP in Brooklyn and now he can he can be a starter for the Boston Celtics uh, especially when Robert Williams will be out for a significant time and we don't know when he will return so the Blake Griffin show uh, can come back and he's not the player as he used to be obviously but he's actually a better three-point shooter a better defender than he once was because remember Blake Griffin was always a guy that can only dunk so now he can do it all not as not as much as he was when he got traded to the Pistons but we need to see how Blake Griffin will do I boys thank you for tuning in to this segment as we previewed today uh, NBA season as you guys know uh, NBA season does not start for two three weeks but we would we want to keep you in the loop and we'll also uh, recap a couple games especially the Raptors the Knicks Lakers and 76ers and tune in we might do a small show next uh, this weekend or next week on previewing the NHL season as the NHL season has already begun in Prague uh, between the San Jose Sharks and the Nashville Predators but that's the only team that ha- that will start from the regular season because the regular season does start officially with everyone else on Tuesday and Leafs Nation will begin their season on Wednesday at home against the Montreal Canadiens. But guys, thanks for tuning in to a segment of the Grind Never Stops podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like, share, check us out on Spotify, and if you would like to send a small donation, you can. The link will be in the description. This is your host, DJ Joe, signing out. Mamba out.